Well, welcome to um, another installment in For Better or For Worse. If you're just joining us here today, we are talking about five commitments, five commitments that we want to keep in order to fail-proof our marriages. And let's see if y'all can remember the first three, the first two commitments that we talked about the past couple weeks. Who remembers what commitment one was? We said, that we said first one is? Seek God. That what we will do before we do anything else is we will seek God. And if we're married, we will always seek the one who is God with our two, who is our spouse. And if we are single, we will seek the one while we prepare for the two. And then last week, after we talked about seeking God, which is so important, because if you don't seek God, you're not committed to God, you're really going to struggle with number two. Number two, we will fight fair. Because even when countries attack countries, there's rules of warfare. And some of our households need rules of warfare. And we discussed that last week about what some of those rules of warfare are. Today, we are going to get into our third commitment that we are going to keep together. And that third commitment is? Have fun. Today, we're going to have fun. So I hope you all are in a good mood today because we're going to talk about fun. We're going to talk about all kinds of fun. We're going to talk about fun fun and we're talking about fun fun. The kind of fun fun that we asked the junior high and high school kids to leave the room for today. We're talking about all kinds of fun for today, so I hope you all are excited for what we're going to talk about here today. The premise of what we're going to talk about is that a best defense is a good offense. And what we want to be committed to, if we want to protect our marriages from all of the inevitable bad stuff that is going to attack it, the best thing that we can do for our marriages is be growing closer together, more in love. Because the best defense to keep me from looking at other women and being tempted by other women is to be so madly in love with my own wife that I don't even care about other women. See, too many marriages are worried about playing defense, keeping from the, 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 the negative. And I believe that we need to play some more offense because there's nothing better than when the marriage our best friends, madly in love with one another. There's a, there's a verse in the Song of Songs, which I love so much, where, where it says, my sister and my spouse. All right, that's what, that's what uh, King Solomon is saying, that he wants my sister and my spouse should be the same. That's what we want, to get to that point where we not just deal with each other and put up with each other, and we not only love each other, but we genuinely like each other and like spending time with each other more than anyone else in the whole wide world. Here's our, our verse for today from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 9. It says, Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which, God, which he has given you under the sun, all your days of vanity, for that is your portion or reward in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. King Solomon is saying, he's saying life on this earth is vanity. Life on this earth is, is worthless. 
The only good thing that you got, what he's saying is, just give me a wife. And King Solomon had many of them. That's why he knew the value of one. He said, give me one whom I love and I can enjoy the rest of my days with her. And married people and single people, y'all agree. This is something that God put inside our hearts. That desire for companionship. Like even when Adam was on this earth and everything was good, Adam said, yeah, something's not right, God. And God said, what's wrong? Adam said, you know, like, remember when, when God created the, the stuff, God had Adam name all the animals. All right, before he created Eve, he had him name. You know why? Because he wanted them all to see. See, look, there's a boy doggy and a girl doggy. There's a boy donkey and a girl donkey. There's a boy cat and a girl cat. All right? And then Adam was like, but I don't have mine. Like, I'm missing something. Something's not right. There was no sin. There was no problems. But he was missing that companionship and all of us longed for it. The problem is, is we stop longing for it after we get married somehow. We long for it so much and we invest so much in it before marriage. But somehow once marriage comes, then all of a sudden it doesn't become as much of a priority in our marriages. And that's where we get ourselves into problems. I don't know why it is that that happens after marriage. I don't know why. Let me just repeat that. Let me say that again. Rephrase. I don't know why it happens for the ladies. Guys, I think I know why it happens. Ladies, let me give you a little insight into the way a man thinks. Or doesn't think. <laughs> I think for us, we all have this hunter mentality. Y'all know what a hunter mentality is? What is a hunter? I never hunted in my life, okay? But uh, the mentality is within all of us. Which is, there's the target. There she is. We study her. We follow her around. We're kind of quiet so she doesn't see us. And then we go for the kill. Uh, once we capture our kill, what do we do? We hang, we stuff it, we hang it over the fireplace, we go kill something else. <laughs> we have that mentality, and all of us do that. I went there, look, and dating, oh, there she is. Ah, she got nice, okay. And uh, hey, and uh, nice words, and uh, you know, putting out the vibe, and combing my hair, and brushing my teeth, you know how it is. And then all of a sudden, once we get her, we want to just stick her on the mantle, and go out there and capture something else. Well, I don't believe that's what God designed marriage to be, and I don't think that's what you want marriage to be either. Because marriage without fun stinks. Marriage without fun stinks. No one wants to be married, and married people know this to be true because we all go through times in our marriage where our marriage is nothing more than a business partnership. Nothing more than roommates living amicably under the same roof and a joint account. And it's not much more than that. And that's more painful than, than not even having anybody is when you have that kind of situation. And what's especially painful about it is nobody got married that way. It, was, it didn't have to be that way. It didn't used to be that way. Nobody comes to me and says, Hey, Father Anthony, I met this great girl. She is so boring. I want to marry her. I spend the rest of my life with her. No girl comes and says, Hey, I want to marry this guy. He's so good at video games. And I just want to watch him play video games all day and all night long. We fell in love when we could talk for hours. We could spend time doing nothing. Y'all remember when we were dating and we used to spend time doing nothing? Me and Marianne, I remember it. When we were dating, she wrote in her journal, it's the miracle of Father Anthony having emotions. She wrote it, okay? Because I told her that I had never, like, we used to talk on the phone. Like people talking, we didn't have texting back then, so we used to talk on the phone. And I used to talk and talk and talk and talk, and we'd sometimes spend like, like, 
maybe 45 minutes or an hour on the phone. And y'all laugh, okay? But I had never talked to anyone for more than a minute before that. Like, it was, and I always knew that one day this is going to be a challenge in marriage. That how am I going to talk to one person for so long? And that was always like an obstacle of, I don't know if I'm ever going to work in marriage. But somehow God led us, we kind of went through, and I found myself speaking and enjoying it. And listening and enjoying that as well. It was a true miracle from God. Something that to this day I thank God for because there's very few people. Well, I, I love everyone, okay? But it's not my natural. It's one. <laughs> when we were in that phase, when we were in that phase, and I'll tell you, I'll be the first one to say that sometimes we slip, okay? And we struggle with it just like everyone else. But if you're married, remember that phase. During that phase for us, we could talk about anything. Anything. We could talk about it forever. We used to maybe sort of kind of call in sick to work and then just go spend an entire day together. Not doing anything. Like, we would meet, take notes on this one, guys, okay? Me, Mr. Romeo. We'd meet at McDonald's and not order. We just needed a place to sit and talk. And we would just go to McDonald's because McDonald's is the one place that they won't bug you if you don't order. So not only took my wife to a cheap place, but wouldn't even order at that place. <laughs> But hey, worked for me, so. <laughs> Point is, is that all of us started off that way, but then something happens when we get married and we lose the fun element. I believe that the reason in so many marriages are struggling is because we are not committed and investing in having fun together. And today I want to talk about three kinds of fun that God wants you to have in your marriages. Three kinds of fun, and they're kind of cheesy, the names, but I promise you, you won't forget the names. Let's start simple. Let's we'll start with face-to-face. Face-to-face fun. Now guys especially, you guys need to write this one down. Face-to-face -face equals talking and listening. Write that one down, guys, okay? Because I know sometimes, you know, we, we kind of confused. Doesn't mean just looking. It means talking and listening to one another. Doesn't mean watching TV. Doesn't mean doing a household project. It doesn't mean uh, fixing stuff. It doesn't mean playing video games. It means doing nothing other than, watch out for this word, guys, intimate conversation. How y'all feel about intimate conversation? Makes you itch a little bit behind the ears here a little bit. Guys don't like intimate conversation. First of all, many of us don't know what it means, and those who do probably don't like it. Guys, like you have to study men and women. How do men hang out with men and women hang out with women? Like let's study it for a little bit. Let's look back. Let's look at it to see why we have this conflict so often in our marriages. How do guys hang out? What do guys do? Something, okay, very good, something. It doesn't matter what it is. Hey, you wanna come over and do what? I will shoot hoops. Hey, you wanna go and eat? Like, it's always an activity of some sort. There's always some substance to the activity and it's never just, like, what do women do? Shop. Nothing. <laughs> okay, oh, shopping, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's, that's no. But most of the time they do nothing. Like I, to this day, am astounded. Marianne will tell me, so-and-so's coming over. And I ask the stupid question, I say, why? <laughs> and she says, just to hang out. 
I'm like, what are you gonna do? So just hang out. What are you gonna talk about? Whatever. How do you know when it's done? <laughs> I don't get it. But she can do that forever. And, and I think by the, the smiles on the ladies' faces, y'all can do it as well. That's not guys. Look here, when guys hang out, if talking is part of the agenda, it is clearly stated up front. <laughs> Women are different. Women talk about feelings. They share hurts, disappointments, dreams, wishes, stuff. Stuff that we don't even think about. But here's the kicker, guys. You know when she got married to you? She expected you to be her best friend. And she expected you to be better than her best girlfriend. And she expected you to take that spot of the person that she could sit all day and all night and share her hurts, her thoughts, her feelings, her fears, her whatever. And if you don't fill that role, where does that leave her? I'm gonna show you a couple verses from 1 Peter chapter three. And I don't wanna get into the particulars. I don't wanna get into the details. I wanna get the spirit of how we as husbands are to dwell with our wives, and then we'll talk later about the wives to the husbands, but don't, don't, don't nitpick on words because I wanna get the spirit. 1 Peter 3, 7, husbands likewise dwell with them, meaning your wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. I don't wanna get into the weaker vessel and is it, it's, not, it's not anything like that. That's a total misinterpretation and misunderstanding of the Bible. So just get rid of that. It's not what the Bible is saying. What the Bible is saying is to you guys, you deal with our, we have to deal with our wives with understanding, with care. As we, as we take care of our daughter and, and, and we don't and hold them to this stand, like we deal with them with care, with understanding, softly, gently. That's what it means when it's trying to say, that's the spirit of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. We need to think of our wives as someone given to us with this big need and her desires that we fulfill it. And now she has this hold and you convinced her during dating because during dating you did listen and during dating you did talk and you made her fully believe that you for the rest of her life, for better or for worse, were gonna be there to fulfill that need. Because we're guys, you ladies, you don't need that a how. Talking and listening is natural to you. But for us guys, we need to be a little bit more practical. So I'm gonna give you a practical. Women care about details. Guys need to write that down. Women care about details. We men, we don't like details. We don't like to give them and we definitely don't wanna receive them. We want high level. The difference between a man and a woman speaking, communicating, is newspaper headlines versus romance novel. A woman can start a story, how was your day? It was a dark day. It was a somber mood, and, and all these kinds of stuff. Guy, headlines. Man fell off bus. Dog jumped out window. Job got fired. Like, we just go straight to the detail, straight to the headlines. Women. I need a little bit more details. They want to hear. And by the way, let me say that I, I know I'm, I'm generalizing up front. I know some men are like this and some women are like this. But generally speaking across the board, they tend to fall on those gender lines. But it doesn't mean that it's necessarily 100%. I come home. 
Long day out. Hadn't seen my wife since we left. she left work in the morning. Maybe I didn't even see her in the morning. Maybe we got up separately and she just went to work. I ain't seen her since the night before. Hey, how was your day? I say, fine, what's for dinner? And I go turn on the TV. What did I just say to my wife? I don't care about you. I don't care about you. I can do my life without you. We're just roommates. I'm fine. I didn't burn anything down. I didn't crash the car. There's nothing that, that needs to involve you. She feels, at that moment in time, like an outsider in my life. She feels like anybody else. And actually, that's one of the things that when me and my wife, when we struggled with our having fun time, our face-to-face -face time, when we're not as consistent with our date night, and when we're letting the kids, the busyness, the stuff pile up, and we're not having that face-to-face -face time, and then one of the things that I know hurts my wife so much when this happens, we're not having that face-to-face -face time. I come here in a sermon and I say, you know, this and this was on my heart last week. She'll be like, I didn't know that. You know how much that breaks your heart? I didn't know that. I'm just like a member of the congregation like anyone else. She read an email that I sent to the church. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, that you were struggling with that. I didn't know you read that passage. That's horrible. Guys, are your wives finding out about your feelings from other people? Are your wives finding out secondhand information? Or much, much later, they'll find out that you struggled with that or you dealt with that because you didn't? Or even worse, are they struggling and they're trying, but you, you're not hearing. You're just blah, 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 blah. You're not hearing it. And then they feel suffocated. Believe me, Nothing is more challenging for me, me now as an individual. Not me as a priest, not me as a whatever, me as an individual. Every one of us has different struggles. This is challenging for me. I struggle with this. I'm a doer, not a listener, not a talker. I'm a what's next on the agenda kind of guy. But I learned the importance for this, especially for my wife's sake. That's why, whether it's a weekly date night, very important. Again, I'm not saying we're perfect in it, but we do our best. Whether it's or for us, usually what it is, is that there's never a time that will, at least very, 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 very rarely, where we go to bed, or we haven't spent like an hour together just talking about our days. And that's why some people say, why? Because I have people know that I famously, I go to bed at eight. All right, I go to bed at eight. But you know, I don't really go to sleep at eight. But I need that time, I need to shut down, meaning I shut down at eight. This thing goes off, the phone goes off, everything goes off, so that I can just spend time with my wife. Because if this stuff stays on a little bit later. That's cutting in to her time. Weekend getaways. Those who have never gone on, I mentioned this before, the weekend to remember by family life, that marriage conference. Things like that, y'all need that stuff to have that genuine face-to-face -face time. So that's our first kind of fun we're going to have. We're going to commit to having face-to-face -face fun. Next, we're going to go shoulder-to-shoulder fun. All right, and this one maybe the guys can relate to a little bit better. Because ladies, as much as you enjoy face-to-face, -face, we, even we don't understand why, we genuinely enjoy shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder time. Meaning, just hanging out. Shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder time is basically when you're with your best friend and just hanging out, doing whatever. Again, no agenda, nothing to discuss. You may not discuss anything of value. At least you don't see it that way. But that time is very, very important to the guys. I remember again when we were first married and we were very, very good at this, all right? Marianne, Marianne's the best. She made a little, like, she's the best when it comes to this stuff. 
And she, one time, she wanted, like she was asking me, like, what is it that you do, like, if you could do anything for fun? So I was like, you know, whatever. She's like, no, what's fun for you? I'm like, I like to play basketball. And she's like, really? Yeah. She's like, but, you know, how about, like, taking a walk? I'm like, that's okay. Take, uh, you know, hiking. I'm like, yeah, that's just fine. But I really enjoy to play basketball. And she was bothered because this thing which I said is so much fun to me, she can't really participate in. So Mary Ann did something great. And I'll never forget it to this day. And even she forgets it. But I always remind her because it meant so much to me. Mary Ann, one of our date nights, said, we're going to play basketball. And I laughed. And she had heard me talking to whoever about, guys will understand this, about how much when you just want to shoot around, when you have a rebounder. All right, you know what a re, like, so I'm shooting, and if I'm by myself, I got to shoot, I got to get the ball, because mine always just goes swish, it just goes straight down. Like, <laughs> never comes back to me. So I got to get the ball, I got to come back, and I got to shoot again, and it's, you know, it's inefficient. And I think what well, me and some guys were saying about how, you know, you know you're big time when you have a rebounder. All right, and that's like, yeah, I wonder why I would have a rebounder. So Mary Ann said, we'll shoot, I'll be your rebounder. And I was like, we don't have to do this. She insisted and we did it. She got on her sweats and her sneakers and, you know, the headband and everything like that. I don't think we did it for more than, like, three minutes just because it was too awkward for me, but I really appreciated the gesture, right? I really appreciated the idea. You know why I appreciated it, ladies? Because she didn't talk throughout the whole time. Because she wasn't sharing nothing and didn't expect me to share nothing. She just let me shoot my hoops in peace and let me enjoy myself, and she was there. I also remember when we first got married, before I had DVR, all right? So I used to watch football games on Sunday. What I used to do is, because I work on Sundays, obviously, so VHS, which was really, really annoying, so you have to record the whole game, and then you come at 5.30, because you have to record for overtime, just in case, something like that, and then you start to watch it. And uh, the fast forward is so annoying, so I would sit there, and instead of fast forwarding, my wife, best wife, would sit right next to me. And she would read a book. And I have memories of sitting there watching with her right next to me. Not talking. Not asking questions. But maybe during halftime, maybe I would say something. And she's welcome, certainly, to respond. Okay? But she totally understood when it was back to, to the... I, that meant the world to me. And ladies, you don't realize it, but maybe your man is dying for you to just be shoulder to shoulder with him sometimes. He's out in the garage fixing whatever. Just go out there and see how he's doing. Don't help, okay? Don't help. But just, just, just be there. Make him a cup of something or other. Yeah, he's sitting there watching TV. Instead of telling him to, to stop watching TV, have a seat next to him. Enjoy what he's watching. Like, we're supposed to be best friends with each other. And we're supposed to be there to have fun with each other. And, and this is something that Marianne always says. She knows I have a need to have fun. She wants those fun times with her in the picture. And ladies, I want the same thing for you. I don't want your guy to think about, oh, the funnest moments. And you're not in any of the pictures. Oh, remember when I went hiking? And you're not in the picture. Oh, remember when we went scuba diving? You're nowhere around. And, and, and I want you to be in those pictures with the hobbies. And you want to be in those pictures too. When you're thinking about shoulder to shoulder time, ladies, put yourself in a man's shoes. How does your husband hang out with his friends? and help him to do that with you in the picture as well. Now, why you need to do that, ladies? Sorry, guys. I'm gonna tell the women a secret here. All right. 
Ladies, you know we're not that smart. And we know we're not that smart. So it's very easy for you to trick us. And I'll tell you a little something that we know, and I'm gonna regret this, okay? That when you give us shoulder to shoulder, we are much more likely to give you face to face. Like you can, and hey, and next thing you know, we're face to face with you. And we didn't know what happened. Caught us off guard. But there are two times that a guy is most likely to talk to you and talk intimately. And first, like I said, when he's doing something that he really enjoys. And the second time is when he's just done something that he really enjoys. And we are going now into uncharted territory here, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to the third type of fun. We are going, oh, not quite yet. We're going to belly to belly fun. Yes, okay, that's where we're going and I know I'm risking my life right here. First thing I wanna say is, <clears throat> she said something right there at the very, very end which I like what she said, but by the same token, it can be misinterpreted, all right? She said, can y'all hear me? I feel like I got low. Can you hear me okay? okay? She said that ladies, if we're not meeting that need, then we shouldn't be upset at our husbands if they seek it elsewhere. I agree and I disagree. You know who I agree to? If I get rid of all the husbands and have just the wives, I agree. And I agree 100% with that. That y'all should not seek to judge them as much as help them fulfill their needs. But I disagree with that if I'm talking to the husbands, I don't got the wives in the room. And I'd say there's no excuse to seek it outside any kind of sexual gratification outside of our wives. So y'all see where I'm going with this? Okay, that I want, we're not supposed to get into whose fault is it. We're supposed to be in that we're there to help each other through this challenge. And the challenge is that we live in a very tempting world sexually and ladies, you are there to help your husbands through, fight through that. Hebrews chapter 13, verse four. We don't like to talk about sex and marriage, but the Bible talks about it and it's not a, it's not a big deal. Hebrews 13, four, marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Our problem is, is that sex has gotten this bad connotation because of all the filthy stuff that the world has added into it and that has polluted it. But when you take the subject of sex at its core, it's not a bad thing. It's not an ugly thing, it's a beautiful thing. It's a gift that God gave to us to enjoy within marriage, and it's something that is the perfect icon or image of two become one. And that's why it was given to us. Proverbs chapter five, verse 18. Guys, you'll like this verse. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, May her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be captivated by her love. No commentary on this one. <laughs> Self-explanatory right here. The point is, is that the Bible is telling us is that sex is a gift given to us by God to be used in marriage. And when it's used properly, according to God's design, it is the best. And it is what makes marriage different than any other relationship. That's like I said in the beginning, my sister and my spouse. And we need to commit just like we need to commit to the face-to-face, -face, need to commit to the shoulder-to-shoulder, -shoulder, we need to commit to the belly-to-belly -belly time. Let me talk specifically to the ladies right now. I'll share with you a little bit about what's going on inside your husband or your guy. 
that he doesn't even sometimes realize. Outside of these walls, there are 1,001 ways for him to find sexual gratification in today's world. And there's only one of them that is legitimate in the eyes of God, and it's you. There's a thousand ways tempting him outside of these walls. And the only legitimate way that he can have those needs met is through you. We have to be committed to helping our husbands through the tempting world that we live in. But now let me talk to the guys. You have to be committed to helping your wife help you. Meaning, we need a little, you know, we need an approach. It can't just be like, come and get it. <laughs> okay? We need a little, hey, you know what I mean? Brush your teeth, comb your hair, clip those toenails, you know what I'm saying? Like, lose a few pounds around the gut, you know what I mean? It can't just be like, yeah, you know, I'm putting out the vibe, you know what I mean? And she's just supposed to be all over me, you know what I'm saying? Like, they have to help us, but we have to help them to help us. And both sides, that's the beauty of how this works, is that our needs, a man's needs and a woman's needs, men, when are you most likely to receive the belly-to-belly -belly time and initiation, as Marianne said, when are they most likely to be initiating and aggressive and, and get, filling that need for you in a way that you really like, that and the shoulder-to-shoulder? -shoulder. You know when? When they're getting face-to-face. -face. And when you're feeding that, then they desire that. And then ladies, for you, when are you most likely to get that face-to-face? -face? When you're meeting these needs over here. The two work together. That's what I'm saying is that, that we, God made us, that I need you and you need me. Who needs who more? Both. Because the only way for me to get my needs met is to meet your needs. The only way for you to get your needs met is to meet my needs. And that's the perfect picture of what marriage is supposed to look like. We will know the success of this talk we have a lot of baptisms nine months from now. That's what I'm expecting. <laughs> nine and a half months from now. I'm expecting a lot of baptisms, okay? Let me wrap it up and say this. We committed two weeks ago that we will seek God above all else. That is the number one most important commitment that we will make because there are going to be times where, guys, you're not going to want to go face to face. Ladies, you're not going to want to go shoulder to shoulder. There are going to be times when no one wants to go belly to belly. We are committed to God and because I'm committed to God, for better or for worse, I will meet the expectations that God has of me as a husband. And you will, if you're a wife, of God has of you as a wife. For better or for worse. When she's good and when she's bad. When she is, um, when, uh, when he has a job and when he doesn't have a job. And when uh, he is listening and when he's not listening. For better or for worse, we're going to commit to being the husbands that God called us to be, the wives that God called us to be. And specifically when it comes to this having fun, we will commit face-to-face, shoulder-to-shoulder, belly-to-belly. And we will view them all as equally important, and we will make time for each one. My hope this week, your homework assignment, you have an easy homework assignment, you have a fun homework assignment. You are supposed to have fun this week. And again, for the singles, do not have fun this week. <laughs> Married people have fun. And make time for all three of the kinds of fun. I'll leave you with this verse. 
1 Corinthians 7.3, Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, likewise also the wife to her husband. I want you each to figure out what your, what your spouse needs and plan that for them. Wives, I want you to render to your husband the affection that they want and desire. And husbands, want you to do the same. Plan a date night. If you got uh, kids, that's what grandparents are for. All right? if, if you don't got grandparents, that's what neighbors are for. You pay any kid on the street, give them a few bucks, lollipop here, send the kids over, go out and have some fun. Worst comes to worst, put Dora the Explorer in the, in the DVD. All right? And do whatever it takes, but make time for your marriage. If you don't have kids, you have no excuse. Stop the shopping, okay? Put down the Xbox and do something fun with your spouse this week. I know some of you don't want to. Don't want to, not seeing eye to eye, fighting, whatever disagreement, not really motivated to do it. Remember what our goal is. Remember what we're trying to get to. We talked about this last week. The goal is not to win the fight. The goal is to resolve the fight. And maybe the best defense is a good offense. I found this awesome picture online, and I love it so much. You may not be able to read it, but I'll read to you what it says. It says, marriage, and it's got that nice picture. I'm not here because I'm supposed to be here, or because I'm trapped here, but because I'd rather be with you than anywhere else in the world. I love that picture. I'm going to read it again. I love it. Because I'm going to need some extra points after all I did today. So I'll, one more time. I'm, he I'm here not because I'm supposed to be here or because I'm trapped here, but because I'd rather be with you than anywhere else in the world. I want that for my marriage. And you want that for your marriage. And the person sitting across the table, remember last time we talked about the salt shaker? The person... Okay, who's sitting there on the other side in a ping pong and a back and forth that you need to sit next to, that person wants the same thing too. And that person is not your enemy. That person is your partner. That person is not against you. Like when you win, that person wins. Stop looking at it as one of us has to win and one of us has to lose. We want a win-win scenario where we both win. Where I'm rendering to her and she's rendering to me. The affection due to her and the affection due to me. For better or for worse. Regardless of how you're feeling today, I want you to act even if the feeling isn't there. Don't wait for the feeling to come. <coughs> act yourself into a feeling. Don't wait for the feeling to come. Act yourself into the feeling. You don't feel yourself into an action. You act yourself into a feeling. You know what's going to happen when you invest in having fun together? And you realize that you're not enemies? Then all of a sudden, you know, when you're best friends, then all of a sudden, it's easier to give a second chance. It's easier to get benefit of the doubt. There's more buffer in the marriage. I always think of a marriage as you need buffer because life is busy and life hits and life, and how much buffer does your marriage have? If you don't have buffer, then the fun time is the buffer. If you don't have that buffer, then the first thing that comes, boom, big fight. And then the first thing I question him, ah, no trust. We need to build that buffer back in our marriages and have fun. And for you single people, what I'm saying to you is I'm trying to show you what a good marriage a healthy marriage is supposed to look like so you know what you are aiming for. And you are drawing that picture. You are praying that you can get yourself ready, but also pray that God sends you a person that can meet those needs as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's stand up for a prayer, please.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God, amen. Lord, we thank you for this time that you gave us today. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of marriage that you've given to us. Lord, as every week, Lord, I'm really praying that you would really bring healing to so many marriages. Bring healing, Lord, to the marriages that really need it, that forgot how to have fun, that it's just bickering and fighting and discussing kids and bills and houses and, and, and stuff like that. Lord, give us to this week make time for one another, to have fun together, to relive those days when, when, we, when we were best friends and we could say about one another, our sister and our spouse. Lord, and I pray for all the single people that you would give them a, a, a best friend for life and that you would show them, Lord, what it is they should be looking for. Not someone who, who looks good only or, or has stuff, but someone that can be their companion and best friend for life. Lord, bring healing to our marriages, to the current marriages, to the future ones, Lord. Bring healing and bring your plan and your design to every single person who's here. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, with the intercessions and prayers of all your saints. Hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. And through Christ Jesus our Lord, thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you all very much. Have a great week. See you all next week.